That special time is here again. Summer movie season. And here we go. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watching. As always, I'm your host, Larry McAllister II. So one of the things that I did last year uh, as a test, as I was kind of starting up my podcast is on Instagram TV, I started to do a little series called Monday at the Movies. And basically what that was is each Monday, I would hop on Instagram TV and I would share a review for one of the movies that I saw the previous weekend. And while Instagram TV is what it is, the series was never quite as successful as I wanted it to be. And I didn't necessarily want the podcast to only be movie reviews. Uh, That's why later on in the original run of LM2 Talks, I started to add my reviews at the end of podcasts. But since it's the summer movie season and there are going to be an awful lot of movies coming out, I figured that each Monday I would bring back Monday at the movies and review the movies that I saw basically the previous weekend. So Thursday through Sunday. Um, And so this is going to be a little bit of an experiment. Every Monday, I'm going to be delivering one of these to you. And then every other Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to be getting a normal episode of Stay Watching, uh, where either myself or myself and a guest will tackle a different topic each week. Uh, So I hope you're ready to hear some spoiler-free reviews. This week, uh, what I have to review for you are Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the newest in the long-running kaiju franchise. Ma, a new horror movie starring Octavia Spencer. And a new Netflix original movie, Always Be My Maybe. So the first movie that I saw this weekend was Rocket Man, a new Elton John biopic starring Taron Egerton as Elton John himself. And I guess uh, to, to kind of frame how I'm going to be doing these reviews, they're going to be spoiler free or uh, incredibly spoiler light, um, just because I know what different people define as a spoiler may be a little bit different. Um, I'm not really going to talk in depth about the plot as much as possible, uh, unless it is impossible for me to kind of describe the movie without doing so. Uh, so like I said, Rocket Man is an Elton John biopic. It, I I really can't talk too much about the way that it's structured, but for me, uh, one of the things that I really liked about the film was the fact that it used a very particular framing device for going through, you know, really what I would say is kind of like the early part of his career. Um, 
you know, and again, like, like I said, I'm trying to keep this spoiler light. So really what you're looking at is, you know, from him getting into mu music as, as a very young person, uh, through kind of the, through a very specific period for him um i can't really go much past that i thought the film was really well done i thought the framing mechanism that they used for telling this story was really interesting um taron edgerton gave an amazing performance as elton john um and you know i, I know he had to do a lot of work singing and uh, really kind of getting into the role, getting into the headspace of Elton John. And, um, you know, from what I understand, Elton John really fell in love with him on the set of uh, Kingsman uh, and the Golden, I believe it was Kingsman and the Golden Circle, the second Kingsman movie. Um, and, you know, it, it's really clear that Edgerton got like a really in-depth look at what kind of makes Elton John tick. Uh, and what his world is about. And so I think that was something that that came across really well in the film. You know, you really kind of got a sense for where this person was at throughout their life. Um, obviously, because Elton John is still alive and, and definitely a big part of this production, in, to some degree, the narrator that we have for this film is somewhat unreliable. You know, we're not... It, it, again, I, I don't know what the background process on making this film was and who all was talked to, um, but there are some things where it's like you question, you know, why didn't they go more into this? There's there's definitely some things in this film that it feels like they kind of gloss over or rush through. Uh, but at the same time, I think they give a lot of emotional weight to the things that need it. And, you know, if I had to compare it to another recent big budget music biopic, that being Bohemian Rhapsody, I feel like Rocket Man lands much more strongly. Um, obviously, it still has some of those issues that are plaguing a lot of these biopics. Um, they tend to have some pretty poor pacing in areas. Um, as much as I found myself enjoying Rocket Man, there was a portion a little after the middle of the film where I found myself kind of checking my watch to see what time it was and, you know, kind of getting a little antsy and kind of wanting things to move along a little faster. Uh, but that's just me. That's one of the things that, that I, I struggle with. I am a person who feels like as far under two hours as we can get a movie, the better. Um, and again, like this isn't a terribly long movie. We're not talking about two and a half hours or anything like that. Uh, but there were some portions where it just kind of slowed down. And especially after the beginning of the film, which it feels like it's moving very quick beat to beat to beat. Um, and that it just kind of hits this lull period. And you know, in a way for the narrative that they're telling, it's somewhat necessary. Um, and again, like without spoiling anything, I can't really go into why that is. Um, but it's just something that I that I wish had done been done a little bit better. The other thing that I would say that this film does a lot better than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is they really let Elton John's queerness 
really, really, really shine. Like, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you might have been reading some news about the film being banned in Russia because of some of the scenes in it. But I think it's something that's that's very important to recognize about this again, big budget studio biopic. I mean, the fact that they were willing to do this and be representative of this man's life and to not shy away from that aspect of who he is and to underwrite it. And again, I think that's one of the benefits of having Elton John still be alive and being able to contribute to this film and you know, kind of make sure that that aspect of his life isn't, in a sense, underwritten as it was for Freddie Mercury. So um, all in all, I think it was a very well done film. Um, I I have to admit, I am not the, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable about Elton John's discography. So I can't tell you if they only stuck to his biggest hits. I mean, I knew a good majority of the songs in there, so my guess is, yes, it was mostly his his kind of big stuff, um, but maybe, maybe someone can give you a better answer to uh, what aspects of his music really made it in there. For me, like, I, I have to say, like, not, again, not knowing much about Elton John as a musician, uh, it was really interesting to get a sense of where his stylistic origins were. Uh, so learning about what other musics influenced him, I thought that was something that was really enlightening about the film. And so for you, if you feel like you don't really know Elton John that well and want to get to know him better, if you want to see a well-acted, well-produced, well-shot, uh, you know, and really interestingly made uh, music biopic, I think this is a good choice. Um I, I think the one thing that I will say, and this this isn't necessarily a spoiler, if you've watched the trailer for it, you probably got a sense of this, uh, but there is a lot of kind of magical realism that is used in this film, and I think it is actually used to a really great effect. Uh, there is one sequence, uh, again, towards the, I guess it's towards the middle end of the film um, that I feel like is one of the sequences that that stands out the most to me um and it deals with the title track so um you know when you when you get to that portion i think you'll completely understand uh what i'm talking about and where i'm coming from and you know i'm, I'm really interested to hear what the rest of you think about this film so rocket man is definitely a recommend for me i think it's a film that's worth seeing uh, and, you know, if you love music, if you love biopics, if you love, you know, magical realism, I think it's going to tick a lot of those boxes for you and you should have a pretty good time watching this. That, that said, there are some really heavy emotional themes that are within this. Uh, so, you know, things dealing with family and sexuality and, you know, violence and drug use, they're, they're in there. And I think those are... Those are important things to remember going into this. So if you you've struggled with any of those kind of things, you definitely kind of want to have that warning in the back of your head going in because there might be some stuff that, you know, even though I feel they do a really good job of kind of visualizing it um, and speaking to it and having a conversation about those things. Um, I think there are definitely some parts that are going to resonate with people 
uh, and, and really hit them in their emotional centers. So the second movie that I saw this weekend was Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I am going to have an episode about Godzilla sometime in the future on the main podcast. Uh, but I really love Godzilla. I grew up watching all of the Godzilla films. Uh, one of my favorite films was Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. And, you know, in a lot of ways, this film felt kind of like a spiritual successor to that. Um, it really is, in a lot of ways, a love letter to longtime Godzilla fans. There's a There are so many moments that if you grew up watching Godzilla, if you've seen a lot of Godzilla films, there are certain things that they do that will really stand out to you. Um, I actually, right before recording this, I, I watched one of the, uh, it was basically like the final trailer or the final look at the film. And I actually got kind of frustrated because uh, I hadn't seen this before, but if I had, I would have probably been really frustrated by the movie because it shows you so much of the end of the film and basically one of the biggest, like the start of one of the biggest moments that happens in the film, which if you're a Godzilla fan, as soon as you see it, you'll be like, I know exactly what this is. Um, and it's just one of those things where, you know, we talk a lot about trailers ruining films, and I feel like this is a place where that definitely happens. You know, a lot of us are going to this film. It is a big, dumb summer blockbuster. Um, and I talked about this a little bit on Facebook uh, with a few people. You know, I'm not saying that Godzilla has to be the smartest movie. Um, that said, I, I do believe a dumb summer blockbuster can be smart. And I wish this film was a little bit smarter. All of the all of the kaiju stuff, all of the giant monsters fighting is awesome. I, I really enjoyed that stuff. I know some people might complain that the visuals are a little muddy or a little murky. I think that's really going to depend on the type of projector that you are seeing this film on. If you have a chance to see it in something like IMAX or on a Dobly screen, you know, something with a really clear, good picture, I don't think you'll have as many problems as if you're seeing it on an older projector where, you know, maybe the contrast isn't quite right and you won't really be able to make out what's happening in some parts. You know, it, I, I would say in that way, even though I don't agree with that critique of the film. I think that is something that happens. But really where the stupidity of this film is, is in the the human plot of it. And again, like I said, I am not going to go full spoilers or anything like that on these films as I review them here. Um, but just know, do not go into this film for the plot. You'll you know, it starts out in a place where you're like, okay, I get this. This is kind of interesting, kind of cool. Um, they do some decent setup, uh, but around, it's maybe about an hour in, um, cause I kind of checked my watch on this. It just becomes stupid thing after stupid thing. And you start to kind of question, why is this happening? Why did they write it this way? we really are here for the monsters. Let the monsters shine. Um, and I know that's a problem that a lot of people had with the first of these legendary Godzilla films. You know, the big worry was that, you know, Godzilla was on screen for like eight minutes or something like that of a over two hour film. 
you know, this film has a lot more Godzilla. It has a lot more of all of the other kaiju that are in it. Um, and again, like that stuff is amazing. When the monsters are fighting, you're fully in. It's really exciting. You know, like I said before, lots of fan service. There are so many little things that are nods to the original 1950s Godzilla through like all of the other different eras of the character. So it was really exciting to see all of that happen. Um, I will say that, you know, there were a couple of monsters that I wish could have made it in there. And, you know, maybe they are, um, you know, they they show you some stuff that makes you wonder, like who we might get in the future. It does have a post credit scene um, that is previewing a, you know, probably the next Godzilla film. Uh, but it also has a mid credit scene that speaks to the shared universe um, that exists. And if you saw another legendary giant monster movie within the last few years, you can probably guess what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that should be a spoiler since that movie came out last summer um, and directly had this hint in there. Uh, but we will see. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a harder one for me to recommend because basically it's like this. If you love Godzilla, you're probably going to go see this movie and you'll probably find some enjoyment in it. If you want to see a dumb summer, big action movie with a lot of effects, a lot of fighting and a lot of destruction, you will probably get your money's worth from this. If you want good acting, an interesting plot and, you know, real character motivation, you're probably going to let be left wanting. So, you know, what I would really say is think about what you're really going to watch this movie for um, and allow that to be what helps you make your decision on whether or not you're going to spend your money on it. So the third movie that I watched this weekend was Ma starring Octavia Spencer. And um, if you've seen, I guess it's the second trailer, you probably have a pretty good idea what this movie is about. Um, you know, really the, the setup is pretty straightforward. Um, there's, you know, a, a group of kids who are looking for a place to party and, uh, they find their way into Ma's basement and then creepiness ensues. Um, and so what I would say is I really like this movie, um, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I feel like a lot of it is saved by the performance of Octavia Spencer. She is delightfully creepy, somewhat deranged. And I think they do a good job of establishing why she is the way that she is, as well as kind of the world that we're looking at. Um, again, like I think part of part of the problem that I mentioned with with Godzilla and, you know, with a lot of other films is the trailers are going to give a lot of this one away. So if you haven't really watched them or you don't really remember them, what I would say is don't watch them again before going to see the film. Try to put out as put away as much as what you've kind of seen from those before going in. Um, because I, I, again, like, I mean, I think a lot of the there are some turns that aren't in the trailer at all, uh, which is really important. And I think there were uh, some really great moments that I didn't know were coming. 
uh, but I knew where they were coming from because of the trailer. Uh, and so that's that's the thing. It's it's one of those things where it's it's interesting, it's fun, uh, but your expectations might be kind of put into a certain place, and the film might kind of you know get you to start predicting it through the trailers that have been put out there. So. Um, but, but again, like, I think it's a really well done horror film. Um, what I would say is it's much closer to, uh, yeah, I can't really say that. I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for this. What, what I would say is if you like horror films, um, this would definitely be something that you're, uh, I think you'll definitely enjoy. And I, and I think it it fits nicely with the newer crop of horror movies that we've been seeing lately. You know, the stuff like us or, or get out or things that are much more, you know, in a sense grounded, uh, in reality, even though both us and get out have some very supernatural elements, you know, in a way like that's not what's really scary about them. And I think that Ma operates in that same kind of space. So, um, you know, again, I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything about what happens. But but in, the, in that same way, I think hereditary, um, which, you know, again, like um, I, I, don't, I guess that movie came out last year. Like, I'm not not going to spoil it again. But, you know, the way that hereditary is, you know, really you know, entrenched in kind of the family drama piece of it uh, and the way that families kind of deal with grief and everything like that. I, I think that the theming in Ma is something that is going to be incredibly relatable and in a sense down to earth. And, you know, we're not just talking about a slasher film. You know, we're not just talking about Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers um, and I think that's something that's really important to, to kind of, you know, do with our horror films. So, you know, and again, like, I think there's room for all different types of horrors. There's, there's room for your haunted house horror. There's room for your slasher horror. There's room for your cerebral horror and your, you know, cosmic horror films. Yeah. So there's room for all of it. And I feel like Ma slots in really nicely with, a, you know, a very specific subset of horror movies. Um, you know, I, I think there were some particularly great moments in the film. Um, and uh, there were definitely some some gruesome things. Uh, but again, I just wish the I wish the trailer had shown us a little bit less. Um, but I mean, that's going to go for just about anything these days. Um, even the, the next movie that, or the, the last movie that I watched this weekend, uh, which is on Netflix. So if you are adverse to going to movie theaters, you can actually sit in the comfort of your own home and watch this last one. It is a romantic comedy starring Ali Wong and Randall Park. It's called Always Be My Maybe. And I don't know what it is. Over the last few months, I've gotten really into romantic comedies. Um, maybe it's just cause I am a bleeding heart romantic at the core of things, even though I like to pretend that I'm not. Um, but you know, again, I think a big part of why I've been getting into romantic comedies a lot more lately is because of the multicultural approach, 
um, that many more studios have been taking towards telling stories, telling romantic stories. You know, it's not all just white people. Um, I have no problem saying that. They're, they're not all just white people. They're people that are coming from different worlds, different cultural experiences, who talk differently, who are coming from, you know, areas that might be urban and, you know, and might have different interests. And, and so it's a lot easier to connect to these films. And so to see, you know, and, and last summer, you know, we had Crazy Rich Asians and, and that was a really big deal. So to see, you know, another, you know, kind of important romantic comedy led by, you know, an Asian, Asian American cast, um, it, it's it's really something that's great to see. And, you know, again, like I, if, you, if you saw the trailer for this, you know, it, it, it shows you some parts. It, it, you know, ruins a couple of big jokes, but it doesn't go far enough into um ruining the punchlines of some of those things that are set up in the trailer. I guess that's the way that I'll put it. Um, and I thought it was really funny. There were some really great heartfelt moments within it. Um, sure, it got a little tropey at times, you know, that that's the thing that a lot of these romantic comedies kind of struggle with is kind of breaking out of those tropes and, you know, to do something original. Um, you know, I think that's something that another recent uh, Netflix romantic comedy did really well. Somebody Perfect um, did a really good job of kind of subverting the expectations that you build for how kind of these traditional romantic comedies work. Um, and so, you know, again, while it did, you know, kind of have some of those tropey moments where I was like, all right, I can see exactly where this is going. I feel that the comedy and the story that was being told worked well enough that I wasn't disappointed with them. So again, like if you are, you know, you just want to stay in, maybe you're getting back from the beach and you're tired or you finished a workout and you just need a way to kill an hour and 42 minutes. Um, I definitely think this is a fun film. You'll definitely, you'll, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. The comedic performances are great. Um, and, you know, the 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 cameo, the main cameo, which was, you know, really, I think it was the uh, it was the big punctuation mark at the end of the first trailer. Um, it goes quite a bit deeper than I thought it was going to go. And I, I really like how that was used. So, um you know, this is another kind of definite recommend for me, especially if you're looking for a romantic comedy, you want to laugh, you want to, you know, believe in love again. <laughs> um, I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. So that completes the first installment of Mondays at the Movies for this summer. Um, 
I hope you're going to come back uh, next Monday for another episode of Monday at the Movies. Um, we also have a regular episode of Stay Watching coming up this week on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'll stay tuned to my social media at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media to find out exactly when that's going to be out or make sure that you're subscribed. Um, in that episode, I will be talking about Peak TV and kind of how that's a gift and a curse with uh, a good friend of mine, Zach Morrison. So you'll definitely not want to miss that episode. Um, what else is new? Oh, I am now a part of Hard Knock Media, which is a collective of podcasts and multimedia content produced by and or affiliated with the Nerds of Color. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Nerds of Color, um, get familiar with Nerds of Color. Um, it's a really great group of folks who really speak about, uh, you know, all things nerdy from the perspectives of people of color. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really dope. I mean, so there are a bunch of other great podcasts that are a part of this collective, like Hard Knock Life, which is hosted by Keith Chow and Sean Taylor. It's the flagship podcast for Nords of Color. And it's really talking about what's going on in the nerdy world every single week. You've got DC TV classics looking at the history of DC entertainment on television. Southern Fried Asian, which looks at the experience of Asian Americans who grew up in the Southern United States and, and a whole bunch more. And so each episode, I'll I'll probably be telling you about why you should listen to one of the many podcasts that are on Hard Knock Media. Um, and so I'm happy to be a part of this new family. It's it's great to, you know, kind of be a part of a group of other podcasters of color who are looking at these things that we love so much from very different perspectives. And so, you know, to be a part of this group, to be able to have my voice added to that chorus of, of people that, you know, want to see themselves represented in all this stuff that we love. It's, it's great. So um, definitely check out the other podcasts in the hard knock media collective, hardknockmedia.com. Um, and yeah, so that's that's it for today. Uh, like I said, new episodes going to be coming out in just a couple of days. Peak TV. Look forward to that. As always on social media at Larry Tron, pretty much everywhere on social media. If you want to hit me up via email, Larry at LM2photo.com. Send in your your questions, your, you know, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, shoot me an email. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or a topic that you would love to hear me discuss either by myself or with a guest, let me know. Um, and definitely leave a rating or review. It helps other people find this podcast. And, you know, really when you're starting out, like this is a labor of love for me. Like I don't get paid to do this. I, I don't have a fancy studio or anything like that. I'm doing that this from my desk uh, in front of my computer. Uh, and as much as I love keeping it small, I would love to have a greater audience too. So if you think other people would enjoy this podcast, make sure you rate it, review it, and share it with other folks. It, it means the world to me when you do that. So um, thanks for listening again, and I'll see you again soon, fam. Peace. Peace.